What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Justin Van Dehey, here at the Assassin's Podcast. You know, every Friday, we have a, a guest usually on to talk about their journeys going from zero to one. We had a really great guest lined up for this Friday, but we decided to hold on publishing the episode in light of some of the news that's coming out around the announcement of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. There's a number of companies that I know are really struggling through this time to try to get access to funds. And so we thought it's probably not the appropriate time to talk about company building as a lot of folks have been uh, experiencing stress and frustration through that process. Just as a, a quick recap on what's going on, Silicon Valley Bank announced earlier in the week that they were going out to raise some capital to help shore up its balance sheet. And as a result of their inability to do that, a number of venture funds essentially caused hysteria and encouraging founders to pull their funds out of the bank, which has just sent a ripple effect out across the valley. And so I know there's a lot of founders out there that are stressed out, struggling, trying to figure out just how to get funds out. They're frantically trying to work to transfer funds into other institutions. So it's been a, it's been a tough 48 hours for a number of, of assassins out there trying to build great companies. I wasn't a founder in 2008, so I wasn't a part of the the last crisis that we had. But thinking of all the founders out there continuing to grind, continuing to do their thing in place of the founder interview this week, I did have a chance to go to the MIT Sports Analytics Conference. So going to do just a quick recap on that to lighten the mood. We're heading into March Madness. So I thought, you know what, let's talk some sports. It was a, it was an awesome event with some really cool highlights and some people that had some great stuff to share. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into the show. Assassins, giddy up. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything, nation of game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back in. It's your host, Justin Van Dehey, here at the Assassin's Podcast. Again, I mentioned this in the intro. A little different format this week. I wanted to do a breakdown of some of the insights and things. I had the privilege of going to the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston this last week. It's been on my bucket list, and it did not disappoint. There were some incredible guests, some amazing panels, but I wanted to highlight just a couple of the big takeaways I took because I think there's a lot that can be learned across industries for assassins building great companies, and I think the executives in sports and entertainment are really pioneering in a number of different ways here. The sports industry across things like player empowerment, gambling. There were three bigger categories that I noticed. I, I saw sort of consistent themes across the conference. And the first, which I wanted to touch on, is just the notion of fan engagement and personalization of the customer experience, both in and out of sports arenas. And as you look at the future of sports, it was definitely clear from some of the panels that I sat in on that it's going to be even tougher for 
entertainers to get people's attention across sports. There's a ton of advancement happening in streaming. I found a couple of really interesting examples here. The idea of just omni-channel engagement. So if you look at, again, customers' experience in stadium and the introduction of betting as well, they had a a really great panel with Amy Howe, the CEO of FanDuel, and Tom Rieg, the CEO of Caesars, talking about the intersection of brick-and-mortar experiences in Vegas and then how that space has evolved and changed with online gambling. And I think what we're finding is that gambling in itself and gaming is going to open up an entire new channel of engagement to appeal to the sports fan. Uh, One of the other really interesting panels that happened was around the future of a sport. And one of the lessons I think that is important to embrace in this theme is that boxing and horse racing, for example, in the 1920s were the most popular sport. So a lot of people didn't realize that at that time, but boxing just couldn't figure out the finances around how to make the sport profitable and equitable. And the interesting thing with horse racing was that they failed to make the move to television. And so they eventually got boxed out in the TV rights because they obviously wanted to drive people to the event. And you can see how that all played out. But I just see history repeating itself as we look at advancement in streaming and what that could look like for the companies, the sports that are truly embracing this and taking it to creative levels to really diversify and reach new audiences. The second big theme that I noticed across a number of the panels, and I thought this was honestly the coolest one, was just the evolution of the athlete and this dynamic of the we versus me mentality as it pertains to player empowerment. And there was one panel in particular that really stood out. So we had Michael Rubin from Fanatics, Tamika Tremagolo, the NBA Players Association, and then Demurie Smith from the NFL Players Association talking about how Fanatics has really changed the paradigm for player rights. And there were a couple things that they mentioned in this panel that I thought were fascinating. Uh, The fact that LeBron has almost seven times more Twitter followers than the LA Lakers, I think kind of signals where we are in the space and in this industry where the athlete is clearly at the center of this model. The players associations in general is another theme and getting leverage and ownership in spaces outside of the sport is also a big theme. So obviously LeBron has an ownership stake in things like beats. He's got his own media company. He's doing a ton of different things, but the NFL Players Association, for example, having a direct relationship with Whoop, the technology bracelet to monitor players' athletic levels, and having an ownership stake in that is an interesting intersection of players taking more active ownership rights in tech outside of their direct salary, and even thinking beyond traditional sponsorship, like actually owning a stake in technology companies. And as we've talked about on this podcast, forward-thinking entrepreneurs and investors like Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, and others are doing a ton of active investing. The last thing I thought was fascinating as there was a panel on the impact of Moneyball, and this had a number of folks on the panel, Daryl Morey, who runs basketball operations for the Sixers, Shane Battier, who ran analytics for the Heat, and then that was also hosted by Jackie McMullen, who's an incredible sports journalist and author, really talking about just the impact of analytics and just the fact that some certain players are willing to sacrifice the me for we and embrace analytics to improve the nature of their team, whereas a number of players just are resistant 
to change. And I think Shane Battier was an incredible example of this. I loved his his comments and just his overall thinking around the idea that the data should really spark interest and curiosity. And he's really surprised that more players aren't doing it. And he highlights a couple of interactions that he had with LeBron James in game time where he mentioned to LeBron to force Kevin Durant to go left and shoot over his left shoulder and had a miss twice in a game. And from that point on, LeBron was hooked. And so you can see some of the greats really starting to embrace this idea to not only just improve their individual performance, but make their overall teams better, whether or not you're a fan of LeBron or not. And my last general takeaway is really just how remarkable and incredible some of these athletes, coaches, and GMs are. And I think that's why I love sports so much is that in the stories, they're were so many different leadership lessons from some incredible greats. There was a a panel with Sue Bird, who I just absolutely love, on peak performance, where she talked about this moment when she was 14, when she stepped to the free throw line and knocked down two game-winning shots. And from that moment, she knew she had the clutch capability. And so there was this whole conversation and panel around whether or not being clutch is a gene and whether choking is a gene. And just to hear the conversation around how Sue is able to maintain a level of consistent performance to avoid a dip in performance. So that was really the takeaway was that there really isn't a clutch gene where a great athlete ups their game. It's just the fact that they stay consistent even when the pressure is highest. Now, choking, on the other hand, is indeed something that is proven where an athlete that is traditionally great in certain scenarios, their performance trails off. And so it's the ability to maintain a consistent level of performance rather than trailing off in the big moments. And then hearing from Brad Stevens, the former coach of the Celtics, now running operations for them, his leadership approach and style and measuring leadership is connecting people with the future that they didn't know existed. And I think as assassins, as founders, that's such a good takeaway that it's oftentimes our job. And Brad has a very calm demeanor in that. And he says, they will mirror you. And so his players, again, in the huddle, in stressful situations, the coach's job is to stay level and stay sane for the sake of the team, for the players. And I feel like there's so many things in that when you're building your startup where you just need to stay the course, stay level, and your people will follow that and leading from the front in that way. Really powerful example. I loved that story and just hearing some of the uh, the ins and outs of why these athletes, these GMs are great. And it just, uh, yeah, pretty kick-ass event. Definitely recommend it. Again, shout out to Daryl Morey for putting on a stellar, stellar event. And also shout out to Sue Bird. I had a really awesome conversation with her. She's doing some incredible things with Megan Rapinoe, her partner in the media and production space. So I'm trying to get her on this podcast. I I laid it down thick. So we'll see if we can make that happen. But again, appreciate y'all tuning in. Hope everyone has a great week. In the meantime, keep hustling. Keep grinding. Keep getting Grind.
hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything, nation, the game. Shopping for a wedding ring, salary, startups, crypto, stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. One phone call and your life can change. What's your love language? Can't do business if it ain't reciprocated. Closing deals on the daily.